How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Sam. So today we're talking about the leadoff spot for this Yankee lineup. And as you guys know, added Juan Soto and Alex Verdugo to the mix. It definitely complicates this kind of discussion here because, you know, last year it was Glaber Torres, DJ LeMayhew. We saw, you know, Volpe have a couple reps, but ultimately we couldn't find that guy that could really support Judge right behind him. Now you got Judge and Soto. Now, some people will raise the idea of batting Soto leadoff, and I think that's, like, absolutely viable, and you consider the fact that he gets on base at over 40% every single season. You are setting yourself up to get a guy on first base 40% of the time right out of the gate, and you also have Aaron Judge right behind him. So you could start a lot of games 2-0. Like, that's conceivably the idea here. You could start a lot of games 2-0 and give your offense, your, your pitching, rather, um, a nice little lead to start games. Like, that sounds pretty good. However... You could also start a game 3-0 <laughs> by putting Soto third or Judge third um, and having those guys you know, hit with men on base. And ultimately, Juan Soto is electric with runners in scoring position. And, of course, Judge is just as good. So looking at what we could do here, we have a couple of names we're going to discuss, why we think that the tools make sense. The numbers definitely suggest uh, there's maybe some promise there. So, Sam, before we dive into things, how do you do today, my friend? I'm good. It's really interesting when we look at this group of players because, and we said a pre-show, talking about who can, you know, hit leadoff for the Yankees on a day-in and day-out basis now has drastically expanded over this offseason just because I feel like over the past couple of years, it's always been, you know, DJ LeMahieu or bust. And then when Anthony Volpe came up last year because of the speed tools and because of what he could do on base, it was like, okay, maybe we can lead off this guy. And he did for a couple times last year. And even in 22, when Judge was chasing the home run record, he even let off. But now I feel like, Alex, we're five, four, five, six guys deep that could prob probably realistically lead off for this team. You mentioned Juan Soto, who's an OBP machine and will be on base at goddamn and nearly 50% clip at this point. Alex Verdugo, who's a high contact guy. If DJ LeMay, can get back to that prime form, that 360 OBP type of clip, we would love that. And then Anthony Volpe's electric on the base path. So if you have that guy towing off first base in the beginning of an, in the beginning of an inning, then you get Juan Soto, then you get Aaron Judge. You just have a complete arsenal of players that you could hit at the top of this order. And I'm really interested to get into this debate because I feel like they're going to mix and match this year and they're going to go with a bunch of different options. And, you know, another guy that we don't really talk about is Oxford Dugo because, again, high contact rates. But there's a lot of options now on the table that we can discuss just because they got exponentially better than the offensive side of the ball this year. And they added another uh, element to their game, you know, last year with Volpe on the base pass. So I'm really excited for this one. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. So let's take a look at the first one. Um, and I think we can all agree this is the safe option, DJ LeMayhew. Um, why is it safe? Well, last year we saw kind of the downside of LeMayhew coming off that foot injury, that, you know, injury that really limited his production. But I think it was more about Dylan Lawson or their batting kind of strategy, the fundamentals that he was utilizing. And they changed it once Sean Casey got there and his numbers looked drastically different. And, you know, when I say drastically different, this is two different players I'm talking about. So for context, pre-All-Star break last season, that include 277 at-bats, a good sample size. He slashed 220 with a 285 OBP and 357 slugging rate with a 642 OPS. Post All-Star break, Sean Casey comes aboard, 220 at-bats. This is the DJ LeMahieu that we got. 273 average, 377 OBP, 432 slugging, and 809 OPS. Um, had eight homers in less at-bats. So he had one more homer in almost in 57 fewer at-bats. So, you know, <laughs> DJ was sick during that second half of the year. Um, and to me, I think that we still have that player. You know, that player, and I said it when he was struggling, this is not the DJ LeMahieu that we know. This is a different player. This is not the guy we've seen. 
I don't think that DJ LeMayhew takes that steep of a, of a drop off. Like I, I know he's getting up there in age, but he's a good player. He makes good contact. He gets on base. That is not the guy we saw, and he turned it around. He 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 ran back the clock, and right now I'm pretty optimistic that he's going to have a good 2024 season. So um, the reason I say that is if we look at 2022, which is not that long ago, my friends. When he was batting leadoff, he hit 256 with a 358 OBP, 372 slugging, 730 OPS. Um, you know, he walked almost equivalent. He had 56 uh, walks and 58 strikeouts, so it was almost equal there. Um, DJ obviously is a good player. He is a consistent guy for the most part, and I do think that he is the safest option to bat leadoff because, you know, Volpe's a, a major risk. Verdugo's a risk. You know, he's up and down every year. Last year was a sub-100 WRC-plus guy. You want Juan Soto and Judge batting 2-3. Um, Glaber Torres, we'll discuss him. He had a really low OBP batting first this past season. High batting average, low OBP. DJ LeMay, who if he, if he gets on base at a 35% clip and, and better, he is your leadoff hitter. And I think that that should be like very much in play. Because think about it. I'll, I'll throw another thing into this, Sam. You have Volpe batting ninth, you know, theoretically in this situation. And DJ LeMay, who puts the ball in play a lot. So you want a guy that's going to put the ball in play, and Anthony Volpe's got that speed and athleticism. He's going to steal bags, and he's going to be able to drive runners in, DJ, um, especially at Volpe on base already. So that's kind of my theory behind it. I like DJ LeMayu a lot in this position. I think they go with him um, on opening day moving forward as long as he can keep that OBP high. You know, what are your thoughts on DJ? Yeah, I love that you brought up Volpe at the end of that, batting on that wraparound. He's going to be able to get on base. And DJ, again, is a great guy with runners in scoring position as well, who could, who can, who will be able to knock him in. Um, I think that DJ LeMahieu is a huge part of this lineup regardless. I mean, we know what Juan Soto is going to do in this lineup. We know what Aaron Judge is going to do in this lineup. But realistically, when you talk about DJ LeMahieu and Anthony Rizzo and John Carlos Stanton, those other factors, those other performers, we need these guys to come through in the clutch. And like you mentioned with DJ LeMahieu the back half of last year, it was kind of a dead season because at that point we were so far out of the playoff race, it didn't even matter. But DJ LeMahieu at the top of that order was a complete difference maker. And people that, you know, were ignoring that we weren't winning games were seeing that we were we watched DJ LeMay who have an incredible back second half with Sean Casey. Um, so I think that DJ LeMay, who's got to be the guy, he's got to be the number one option. And he has been over the past four years. I don't think he's going to be like the MVP candidate like he was in 2020 in the shortened season. But again, this is a guy that can reach a 350, 360, 370 OBP on a consistent basis. And will drive in runners from the back half of the order. If you get that production from Volpe being able to be athletic on the bases and steal bags and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be a good time. Um, but I feel like DJ LeMahieu, without a doubt, has to be the number one option here just because I feel like he has to be, he and he has been for a long time, one of the most important pieces of this roster. D, when DJ LeMahieu clicks, the rest of this lineup clicks. So I feel like, yeah, you're spot on with everything. He's He's got to be the number one player here. Yeah, so let's talk about Glaber Torres because I know a lot of people will uh, suggest him batting leadoff here. So Glaber Torres last season, guys, obviously had a great, great, great year. He was exceptionally good against left-handed pitchers, hit 278, 375 OBP, 546 slugging. So here's what I'll suggest. Maybe you maybe you really do want to platoon the leadoff hitting spot and really just utilize it on a um, a basis of who is pitching. You know what I mean? If you have a lefty a lefty pitcher, maybe you use Glaber Torres there because he gets on base a crap ton. Obviously, majority of pitchers are right-handed for obvious reasons, um, just based on a sample size, but Looking at Glaber batting first last season, like I referenced earlier, 136 at-bats, hit 272, so really high batting average, 308 OBP. That's where I get concerned. I want guys working walks and putting the ball in play. Um, he puts the ball in play, but he, he does not necessarily work a lot of walks in that area. Um, so unless there's a lefty pitcher, I do like 
Glaber Torres slotting in um, fifth or sixth. Fifth last year, guys. I mean, the sample size is small, 43 at-bats. He hit 302 with a 404 OBP. Um, obviously, was excellent batting uh, third and fourth. He really struggled batting second. Only had a 284 OBP, but third and fourth, 378, 383 OBPs. He's not going to be bad in there because of, you know, we have Rizzo, Stanton, obviously, Soto, and Judge. So you're probably looking at Glaber batting fifth or sixth, and, you know, that's okay because ultimately he's a great hitter, and <laughs> the fact you have to push him down the order is a good thing. It means we have a lot of really great, talented players above him. So, you know, batting, leadoff, not the most suggested idea, in my opinion, um, unless there's a lefty pitcher, which in that case – uh, the splits do favor him. So I could see them going in that route. But, you know, what are your thoughts on Glaber? I, I, I imagine you're probably in the same boat. Like, probably not as a leadoff guy, but certainly consider him in the five and six slots. Yeah, so the reason why Glaber Torres was hitting leadoff for a decent amount, a decent amount of time last year is because DJ LeMay was struggling. And it was in that first half when he was really just off his rocker and was not on his game. And then come the second half, then we had see DJ LeMay leading off every day because he was a way better player. Right now, if you're able to expand this lineup like they have this offseason and you can hit Glaber Torres fifth or hit Glaber Torres sixth, it doesn't matter. There's a little pressure. He's going to have Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, and Anthony Rizzo in front of him, maybe even John Carlos Stanton. So I feel like being able to put Glaber in that 5-6 hole where his numbers drastically increase, just like you said, compared to hitting him leadoff where there's a lot of pressure. You're the first guy up the plate at, you know, during a game, like whatever. And I feel like Glaber on the bases isn't as crazy of a threat as somebody like Anthony Volpe, who we just mentioned. Obviously, DJ LeMahieu's not crazy on the base pass, but I'm saying from a purely OBP standpoint, I feel like, you know, DJ just obviously works better as that leadoff guy. I feel like if you are able to put Glaber in that low pressure 5-6 spot, then you should be good to go. And I think that's where that's a good fit. And this lineup is deep enough to the point where, yeah, we don't have to think about, I mean, we can think about it, sure, with the lefty splits, but like, I'm not seriously considering leading off Glaber Torres every day. We're looking at him in like that 5-6 spot. We don't have to hit him third. We don't have to hit him fourth. It's a perfect spot for him, low pressure, and he's still going to mash up, uh, up, you know, in the middle of that order. So, yeah, it's it would be fun, and the lefty splits favor him, but I think I'm going to stick with DJ. I think that's my boy there. So, yeah, I think, it's, I think we can pretty much agree on that, that that's a good spot for Glaber Torres in this lineup. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about these two other guys. You know, we're talking about Volpe, obviously, what he needs to do to get there. And then Verdugo. So Verdugo, you know, you referenced him earlier. Um, bat basically lead off most of the season for the Red Sox in 2023. 336 at bats batting first. Um, that's a substantial sample size. Now, he hit 280. So high average guy, just like Labor Torres, high average, not the best OBP at 331. He is a little bit better of an athlete. Um, obviously, you know, this is someone that, his sprint speed, it's average. He's in the 40th percentile. He's about average in terms of sprint speed. He's not like a crazy athlete, but he's competent enough. Had a 792 OPS, so that's not bad. 461 uh, slugging rate, hit 10 homers, 31 RBIs. Idea here, he could capitalize on the short right porch, but I actually do like Verdugo as more of a bottom half of the order guy. I like him as like a seven-hole batter. That's kind of where I visualize him. I think like Stanton, five or six, and Glaber Torres inter interchange those two. And then Verdugo, seven. Wells, eight. Volpe, nine is like my preference. Um, but Verdugo, like if you needed a guy that attacks um, right-handed pitching, like that's probably where you're going to go. He really excelled um, against right-handed pitching last year. Now, lefty against lefties was quite bad. Um, only hit 220, 311 OBP. 
Um, but against right-handed pitching, hit 279 with a 329 OBP. So, you know, this is where you're going to see a guy, lefty bat, really does well against right-handed pitching. Um, now, if you look at his 2022 numbers, like, again, last year was a bad year for him. So you have to keep that in mind. He did not bat first uh, a single time, really, in 2022. But he was just tremendous against right-handed pitching, 285, 327 OBP, you know, 746 OPS. Um, not a bad player whatsoever. In fact, above average. So... You know, looking at Verdugo as a, as a whole player, good against right-handed pitching. That's what you want. Uh, you want more lefty batters in this Yankee lineup. They lacked diversity last year. Um, but obviously, I see him more of as a seven-hole guy. I imagine you're kind of in the same boat, right? Yeah, so his WRC spots, WRC plus splits, sorry, from left to right, I think are from right-handed pitching. It's one, It was 109 last year. Left-handed pitching, it dropped down to 67. And when the Yankees traded for Alex Verdugo, I was very concerned about the move. I think the entire fan base was concerned about the move. But then I kind of took a dive and looked at his profile, and I think he fits this team perfectly based on what they've had in years past, right? For the longest time, we look at the right-handed power heavy bat not super athletic doesn't play great defense with Alex Verdugo you get the exact opposite Alex Verdugo is a high contact guy lefty decently athletic he's a good outfielder good defender in in the corners at least not great in center field but again that mold of player fits perfectly regardless of the hate that we had from the Red Sox or not so and again, this is a guy you could. This is another guy that you could also platoon against right-handed pitching. If you wanted to run a DJ LeMayu or a Glaber Torres at leadoff against left-handed pitching, sure, do that. And then against right-handed pitching, throw Alex Verdugo up top. Whatever, that's fine, and it could be interchangeable. It doesn't really matter. But again, this lineup is deep enough now to a point to the point where a guy who was leading off for the Red Sox last year on a consistent basis, over 300 at bats, is now going to be the seven-eight guy for the Yankees lineup. That's how impressive this lineup is. That's how deep these guys are but again I think Verdugo is a solid option up there just because high contact bat lefty bat can work well and can alternate with judge if judge is still going to hit two and Soto's going to hit three you can do that lefty righty lefty thing but it's another option and again if we see injuries or whatever or you want to platoon throw them in there it's not going to matter so again this is another high quality option I think he fits this roster really well and probably better than a lot of people think he does I know. I mean, Verdugo, Boone said it, you know, a couple weeks ago. They've been looking at him for two years. You know, this is not a situation where it just came out of nowhere. They've wanted him for a long time. I think he's a gamer. I um, mean, they know he's a decent defender. Obviously, the lefty bat helps a lot in Yankee Stadium and just adding more diversity to this lineup. But let's transition over to Volpe. So Volpe, guys, I think in a perfect world, <clears throat> Volpe's our leadoff hitter. And, and I think most people would agree with that, right? Uh, the problem is, guy really struggles to get on base. So batting first, 110 at-bats. Not a small sample size. He had a lot of action batting leadoff last year. He hit 191 with a 276 OBP. Now, here's the thing about Volpe. If we are looking at those numbers, he's staring at those numbers, wondering how he can improve every single day since this season ended. This is the type of player, the guy that Volpe is. Um, he looked at those metrics and said to himself, I am fixing that. You know, I am I'm going to do whatever it takes to become the player that, that those numbers never show up again on the stat sheet. I think that's the type of guy that Boone wanted to inf, inf, uh, kind of infuse into this infield and this batting order and that Cashman obviously gave the green light on. This is not just some ordinary player who like won't put the work in. Um, not to say that these guys aren't, but they're obviously working all working really really hard. I think Volpe's level of work ethic is a next 
like next level though. Like the guy's <clears> obsessed, um, and I think that he's really good buddies with Judge. Maybe he's working with Judge. You know, who knows? He's probably down in Tampa working with his buddies Austin Wells. I know Austin Wells stayed after the season to work in Tampa to refine some of his stuff. Wouldn't be surprised if Opie was there as well. We all know that he's going to be there in Tampa earlier than anybody else. You know, this is the guy that I, if I was going to bank on somebody getting significantly better in year two of their MLB career, it is Anthony Volpe. So perfect scenario. He's in the 80th percentile in sprint speed, you know, gets on base at a 34% clip, you know, elevates his batting average to around 240. You can live with that at, at, as your uh, leadoff hitter because once he gets on base, he steals a bag. All you need is, you know, suddenly you have no outs and Judge is up to bat or Soto's up to bat and you have two men on. And suddenly it's 3-0. Like, we're going to see that happen um, in the future if, you know, obviously we extend Soto and Volpe gets better. So, perfect world. I think Volpe does end up as that leadoff guy. But here's my dark horse, Sam. I want to get your take on this. I could actually see Jason Dominguez being our leadoff guy in the future. That might be a hot take right now. But if he can increase his plate discipline, you know, and he's, he has pretty decent plate discipline – you know, he can get better. He's only 20 years old, maybe maybe almost 21 now. His probably birthday's coming up soon. He's been 20 forever. So, <laughs> you know, now you feel like Jason Dominguez, if he gets better, improves his walk rate, you know, can get up to that 34%, 35%, uh, you know, walk percentage. This dude, and having his power and his le- and switch hitter at the top of your order, I mean, God help any pitcher who has to go through the gauntlet of Jason Dominguez, Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, Rizzo, Glaber, Stanton, whoever else you want to throw in there, Wells and Volpe. That is sickening. You know what I mean? That's that's crazy mm. to get through. Um, I could see it happening. You know, what are your thoughts on Volpe here? And obviously, you know, the idea of J- Jason Dominguez <clears throat> maybe eventually becoming that leadoff guy. Yeah, so I'll start with Volpe. The scariest thing for an opposing pitcher this year is if Anthony Volpe becomes an on-base machine. Because if Anthony Volpe becomes an on-base machine and ends up being that leadoff guy, imagine this. You walk into the first inning. Anthony Volpe gets on base. Then you got to deal with Juan Soto. You got to pitch to Juan Soto. Then you got to pitch to Aaron Judge. And the entire time, you got Volpe bouncing back and forth because he's ready to steal a base at any moment. That is the scariest thing that an opposing pitcher can face this year. And if Volpe gets that right, dude, that top of the order is going to be extraordinarily scary because, again, like you mentioned, there's all those bats behind them as well. And they're just going to score runs like no tomorrow if that's, that's what ends up happening. Like Anthony Volpe on the bases is a legitimate, scary threat. We saw how he was messing with pitchers last last year just go doing that tiptoe back and forth thing it's the coolest thing ever and he had a lot of success with it so again if he can really up these obp stats and end up becoming a walk machine or even getting better with the bat he was a decent bat last year hit 20 home runs right so we'll see what happens with his development like you mentioned i think he's going to work hard as nails in the spring this year and just try to get right and you know at this point i feel like there's there isn't as much pressure on anything to won't be because last year he walked into you know he had to win a shortstop battle um against oswald peraza but this year he's not going to be the center of attention he's really not because you know it's going to be juan soto and verdugo and judge and all these other guys right anthony volpe can work in silence get himself right and fully improve himself in spring training as a player and end up being this you know highly coveted prospect that we've been talking about for a long time he's already getting it done with the glove let's see with the bat now so and again with Jason Dominguez if Jason Dominguez becomes this team's leadoff hitter Alex this lineup again becomes even more dynamic we already saw the raw power what he did in his first what eight ten games in the big leagues it's absolutely scary right and that is something that I think again no team wants to see that switch hitting absolute power freak at the top of the Yankees order that you can legitimately go yeah Solo home run, Dominguez. Solo home run, Soto. Solo home run, Judge. Solo home run, Rizzo. Like, you can legitimately do that if he ends up 
becoming what we think he can. He's another guy that's an athletic freak and is going to be havoc on the base path. So, yeah, I just think that this team getting younger and more dynamic is incredible. And we're not talking about old and aging veterans at this point. And I'm glad that we were able to group these two guys together because of, you know, the athletic specimens that they can become. And frankly, that's, you know, both of them really already are in their young careers. So if these two guys work out and they pan out the way that we want them to, that's going to be scary, scary for the next decade plus, Alex. Man, I, I don't know why, but I keep thinking to myself about, like, Mario characters and how they would fit. It's totally off topic. <laughs> like, Mario characters and how they would fit, like, our outfield. I just see, like, Juan Soto being Bowser. I can see Judge being, like, Donkey Kong and then Jason Dominguez being Diddy Kong. Just being, like, this mm-hmm. monster power bats. And obviously, like, you could see Jason Dominguez, like, blossoming him into Donkey Kong. And, like, it just having yeah. massive <laughs> bats in every single outfield spot. If you guys ever played Mario Baseball, total vibes of getting right now. So um, such a classic so game. Yeah. Um, on the Nintendo, but uh, you know it's it's you know this is a situation where the Yankees have a chance to build something special, you know, truly special. And we've talked extensively about the blend of free agent spending money, but also you know using your prospects. And ultimately, Volpe could be something special. Dominguez could be something special. And then having Judge and Soto in the mix there, and then you know all the other like Ben Rice. We haven't like really talked about Ben Rice lately, my friends. And if you don't know his name. You're going to get to know his name a lot this upcoming season because we are going to be all over it. And Ben Rice, guys, won the Yankees' developmental hitter, hitter of the war year. Um, people are sleeping on him. I think Fangraphs had him as the 29th-ranked prospect in the Yankee system, which is ludicrous. This guy is a monster. He's a first baseman. He's a, he's a lefty. I am willing to bet you right now that there is a 75% chance Ben Rice ends up starting at first base for us within the next two years. Um He's that good. His bat is that good. He is taking such big strides forward. If there was an injury to Rizzo or something, knock on wood, this upcoming season, I honestly would not be surprised to see Ben Rice get a chance in the majors. Like, that's how close he really is. So, you know, guys, always happy to hear perspectives below. We went through a lot of different things here, but, you know, drop your thoughts about who should be batting leadoff next year. I think right now we're both in the kind of same boat that DJ LeMahieu probably has it now. But that could transition quickly. If, if Volpe gets better, you know, if, if if they want to platoon it, if Verdugo's playing well, they could change it up pretty quickly. But I think DJ gets it on the opening day. Uh, but there's just so much talent to pick from. It's going to be difficult for the Yankees to figure that one out. But, you know, never a bad thing to have too many good hitters. I'll tell you that right now. But as always, make sure to like and subscribe. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.